I started teaching out of James chapter 5 on be patient and the joy of the Lord. I made it all the way to page 2 out of 18. We're going to kind of quickly review and then we're going to take off where I left off and believe God he's just going to he's going to teach us you and me something, all right, tonight. The word says the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. You know, that's the only reason he comes. He lies, and he steals, kills, and destroys. And, you know, we sometimes forget that. And, and you know, when, when we're teasing somebody and giving somebody a hard time, you know, we'll push them and push them and push them and keep teasing and keep teasing until they're done. And we know when they're done, and we know it's time to quit then. But see, the enemy doesn't do that. He doesn't quit when we're done. He just keeps pushing because he wants to kill, steal, and destroy. He doesn't care about you. He just wants to ruin your life. See, but Jesus said, I came that you might have life and life abundantly. Now, see, that's the exact opposite thing. And, and he wants us to have life abundantly, and, and he has provided, doesn't Second Peter says, his divine power has given us all that we need for life and godliness. Yeah, but I don't have everything I need. It's not God's fault. He's already given it to you. All right, so don't stop blaming him. I said last time, stop blaming your spouse. It's not their fault either. All right? No, no. You, we need, we got to figure it out. See? We got to figure it out. And, and sometimes, you know, this, this whole K Sarah, Sarah attitude toward life, whatever will be, will be. We'll just accept whatever comes our way. You know what? That is destruction. That is killing, stealing, and destroying from your life. That is not any philosophy from the Word of God. That's a philosophy that will ruin your life. Because, because that isn't how we're supposed to live. We're, Jesus said, the violent take it by force. What does that mean? That means you got to go in there and take hold. you got to go, go in there. You know, we were singing about the promises tonight. you got to go in there and take hold of the promises because they're not going to fall in your lap like ripe cherries if you're laying under the tree in a, in, when it's a windy day. It's not going to happen that way. you got to take hold of it. All right, is it hard to take hold of? No, it's not hard to take hold of because Jesus already gave it. Sometimes it feels hard, and God understands that. But you know what? We are not supposed to. It's not supposed to be. You know, the only reason, see, how do I say this? The only reason it's hard is because we're not paying attention to what we're supposed to be paying attention to. You know? How, How many of you have ever, you know, okay, you know, let's say you, like, like I've done, you smash your finger, you know, with a hammer. And I can, and, and that hurts, does it not? Have you ever done that, that hurts? You know, or if you haven't done that, you've probably, like, closed your finger in a door, okay, or something, right? That hurts, right? Okay, but if something more interesting happens... You know, if you're watching TV and, and Nebraska's, you know, on, on the two-yard line and, and they make, you know, some brilliant play, are you still thinking about your finger? No. Now, you can get back to your finger anytime you want. Do you understand this? Are you, you, do you follow what I'm saying? You can get back to thinking about your finger all the time. You can think about your finger all day long if you want to. Until it starts, you know, there's healing in your body. It's going to start getting better. But, but if you want to focus on that, the half-empty glass, the problem that you married, the house you live in that you don't like, the car that you drive that you don't like, the boss that you have that you don't... I mean, if you want to focus on all that stuff, you can. 
You know what? God's never, he's not going to, he's not going to show up at your house and say, stop thinking about that, Carissa. He's not going to come and knock on your door and say, Carissa, you know, you're thinking about the dog you wish you had <laughs> instead of the stuff you do have. Hello. All right, I better keep going. I told you I was going to review. I still have yet to do that. Um, J- James chapter 5. Uh, I should have had you turn there. James chapter 5, that's where we st- Well, we didn't really start there, but that's where we're going to start. We're going to go to James chapter 5. And uh, this caught my attention one day. And uh, I didn't know where the Lord was going to go with it in my, uh, in my teaching. But, you know, you just follow him. You know, that's what he said to the disciples. Found these fishermen standing by lake and said, follow me. And they left their stuff and just followed him. You know, if you just follow him, he'll take you all sorts of great places. All right, James chapter 5, verse 7. Be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. So you think he might be going off to here to start talking about the coming of the Lord, about heaven, about our future. He is not talking about heaven here. He starts talking about between now and then, all right? So he says, the farmer waits for the precious produce of the soil, being patient about it until it gets the early and latter rains. You too, verse 8, be patient, strengthen your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is near. See, God wants you to stay busy and stay focused on something between now and then. All right? He, 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 he wants you to act like a farmer, and, and he wants you to prepare the soil. He wants you to plant something. He wants you to keep planting things year after year. He wants you to keep reaping and harvesting year after year. And, and he wants you to stay busy doing something. What is that something? Well, that is between you and the Lord. I don't know what your something is. Now, now some of you, I could guess, all right? But, but I, I have an inkling about some of the somethings that God wants me doing, but, but it's not my job to figure out what it is that you're supposed to be doing. But you know what? If you're not doing anything, I can promise you, you're not in God's will, okay? Yeah, well, I'm too young. I'm too old. I'm too this. I'm too busy. I'm too, really? I want you to think about that. This is, this is God for the moment. Okay? You need to be taller, God. Thank you, God. Okay, good. That's much better. Okay. God, I, I didn't do your will because I'm too busy, and my wife, you know, she needed stuff, and, and I had to work extra hours, and, uh, and, and, and that kid... You know, and, and, and he wasn't doing very good in school. I had to help him with his homework, and I, I just didn't have time to do any of that stuff that you asked me to. How's that going to go? Yeah, you better, uh, you better go on. You better sit down. I'm going to, they'll start throwing, they'll start throwing rocks at me. But, but do you see what I'm saying? It isn't, it's just, I'm sorry. I, I mean, I, okay, don't raise your hand. You just sit there and look, you know, smile a little bit and just look really holy. And then I will tell on me, I am really good at making excuses for why I didn't do something. 
or why I didn't finish something or why I didn't get my act together and take hold of it and get off the couch, stop watching NCIS, NCIS, Los Angeles, NCIS, New Orleans, or whatever they are. I can make up a hundred excuses why I didn't get something done, and y'all just sit there, you know, just look very holy, and you're fine. No one will know that you know what I'm talking about, see? But see, we, we can get so caught up, and I said this last time, you know, in conflict and relatives and people who act like people or Christians who act like they're not Christians or Christians who, who you know, children who are not perfect, neighbors, jobs, bosses, all that sickness. We can get caught up in all of it. You know, life's not fair. Hello. But see, James is saying, okay, no, 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 no. Keep back up to the previous verse. All right, therefore be patient. The farmer waits for the precious produce of the soil, being patient about it. All right, you know, he's, he's staying on top of what it is that he's supposed to be focused on. All right, so Seed time and harvest. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Some kind of seed time and harvest. You know what? I, I can sow into the smallest thing in the world. I can, I can, I can sow. Uh, I, I, I can't tell you what you did, but I can tell you what I did. Okay, my, my, my neighbor is, is quite elderly. One day, Leanne and I had to go rescue him and get him off his porch, and he couldn't even get off the porch. His poor little wife was trying to, they're elderly, and, and she was trying to get him to the ER. She couldn't even get him off the porch, so we, we helped, but we try to help them. We try to, okay, I'm sewing. You understand that? That's sewing. That's doing something, okay? I, that's me not being caught up in just me. That's me getting involved in somebody else's life, you know? Uh, I, I, I had been a children's pastor back in the 80s, and when I went to Bible school, you know, I'm in a new place, new church, you know, I, I decided, you know, I didn't walk in there and say, well, I've been a children's pastor before, so you need to give me a good, no, no, I just signed up. They put me as like fifth guy down in a fifth grade classroom. I'm perfectly good with that. I don't have a problem in the world with that. Okay, because, because, see, it isn't about the big position. It isn't about, it isn't about uh, you know, standing out and, and being famous and, and, and powerful and everybody look at me, look at me, look at me, you know? If, if that's where you're at, you, you talk to the Lord, okay? But, but, but see, see, all we have to do is just follow him. And, and he'll, he'll get you where you need to get. I, I, you know, six months after I started being the, 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 the guy at the bottom of the heap in the fifth grade classroom, there was a little ad in the bulletin, we need somebody to write skits. I thought, well, I can write skits. So, so I went in and I started writing skits. A year later, I'm in charge of the children's church. I have a team of 23 people. Okay, but, but do you understand? I didn't go in there trying to be something, promote myself. See, see, God had a plan for me. He had a position he wanted to be in. To be in. Do you understand? See, see and, and I'm not saying that's what he's going to do for you, but, but see, he isn't going to have any trouble getting you where you need to be. When, when I was in Bible school, I saw people, you know, following around. I'm not trying to be mean here, so just track with me. I saw people following the the 
the, the, peop- the directors around, the people that looked important around, you know, talking to them, schmoozing with them. And I thought, you know, I'm not going to do that. You know, the word says that promotion doesn't come from the northeast, southwest. Promotion comes from the Lord. Do you believe that? All right, then you know what? You don't have to worry. We'll get to not worrying in a minute. All right, hang on. Stay with me here. Don't, don't quit on me. All right. <clears throat> Turn over to uh, 1 Corinthians 16. We're farmers. Seed time and harvest. You know, just, just look past yourself. You know, it doesn't mean you don't take care of yourself. Thank God, you know. You know, Eric probably, you know, probably showered this week. Probably, yes. <laughs> see, see, he's taking care of himself, doing just what he should be doing, right? Taking care of his family. But he's not just doing that. He's also working to expand those horizons to get to a position where God wants him to be, to fulfill the call in his life. Do you see that? See, see you got to take care of yourself. You got to start there. You know, on the airline, you know, on the airplane, when they're doing the, do this, you know, the things that fall, you know, they say, put yours on first, and then your kid. No, I got to take care of my kid first. No, no, because if you pass out, your kid, yeah, no. See, see what I mean? You got to take care of you. You do. Love your neighbor as yourself. Some people skip that part. They just, well, I can love other people, but I don't like myself. Okay, we'll get over that. Get over, get over not liking yourself. Decide you do. Seriously. It, God's not going to come down and go, Chris, you need to like yourself. You just need to like yourself, Chris. If you just like yourself like I like you. Every, no, you just got to figure it out, people. I, I, I'm sorry. I better, I better keep going here. Did you make it to 1 Corinthians yet? Skip. 1 Corinthians 16, and go back to 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable. That's sort of like patient, isn't it? Always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. Steady. Steady as she goes. All right, you know what? I, 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 uh, some of us who, who were drama kings or drama queens need to make sure that, that we're not letting our emotions, our soulish realm, create problems for our spirit man because God's got stuff going on here and, and you need to stay focused and solid and steadfast and patient and immovable, okay? Don't be a drama queen. Don't be a drama king, gentlemen. I've met some men who were. But the, the verse 58 of 1 Corinthians 15 says, therefore, why is the therefore there? We need to back up and find out why the therefore is there. So back up to verse 51, what's Paul talking about? Well, he starts talking about heaven here, kind of, right? Behold, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed. And then he starts talking about, you know, how death is swallowed up in victory, but 
Look at verse 57. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, back to the verse we started with, my beloved brethren, be steadfast. Why? Because Jesus is coming back. All right, at the end of the seed time and harvest and seed time and harvest and seed time and harvest, Jesus is coming back. Now, whether he comes back in the clouds of the trumpet in our lifetime, I don't know. It looks like he could. But, but, but you know what? We're supposed to be ready for that. But maybe you're going to finish your course and, and like Paul, say, you know, I am out of here and go to heaven. But you know what? Either way, seed diamond harvest, seed diamond harvest until you see Jesus. All right? And, and between this point and that point, we're supposed to be patient and steadfast and immovable Always, see that? Always abounding in the work of the Lord. What's that? Seed time and harvest. We're supposed to be keeping our hand to something, all right? You know, in this church, you know, somebody was, I was talking to somebody from another church, and they're like, yeah, we got about 10% of our people doing stuff. I'm like, we got way more than that. We had a helps banquet, and nearly the whole church was there. Praise the Lord, all right? But you know what? I, I don't care if you're not, I mean, understand what I'm saying. I, I mean, I want everybody getting involved here, but I, I, I want everybody involved somewhere. I want you doing something somewhere, following the Lord, doing the work of the Lord. Amen? Because, because it, you, ah, it doesn't help God. It helps you. It, it, he, he, he's still going to be good on the throne whether you do it or don't do it. Do you understand that? But he wants to bless you. He wants to pour out life, that life abundantly. And you know what? As you take hold of life abundantly, as you start blessing people around you, you know, somebody said to me, bless their hearts, well, I've, I've never seen God do any big miracles. Really? Okay. 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 That's you know, we sent our youth group at, at my old church out on a mission trip down to Mexico, and they all came back going, everybody I laid hands on got well. <laughs> see, see, you know, you got to, okay, if you're just a spectator, you're not going to see much of anything happen, you know. You can yell at the quarterback and uh, tell him he's not doing it right. And you can stand on the sideline and, and wish the score was different. Or you can step out of your easy chair. It's a big step, the first one. And, and start getting involved in something that God's doing on the earth. You know, but you don't actually have to do anything stepwise. You can actually just sit in your chair and pray if you want. That would be a great start. Turn off NCIS New Orleans. <laughs> that is a show, right? Okay, yeah. All right. Turn that one off. I'm just joking. I don't care if you watch it, but that's not the point. But, but you know, take a minute and, and, and pray, okay? That the God will, if, if, if you know, I, I, I know some people that are, are up in years who probably are going to get a reward that is uh, mind-boggling to most of the people who are standing there before Christ uh, at, at the time that we're judged and we get our rewards, they're going to be, well, what did, she wasn't on TV. She was just in her living room. Right, doing more than you were on TV. Yeah, is that possible? Sure it is. But you know what? God didn't, God, well, God wants all of us to pray, but, you know, God didn't call us all to TV. You know, just because you're on TV doesn't mean, doesn't mean you're going to get, 
you know, any, you're not, you're not going to get any more kudos from God, so to speak, than, than the, the, the lady who's holding the babies in the nursery. Because once upon a time, the Apostle Paul was a baby in a nursery. You understand that? Jesus was a baby in the nursery. Billy Graham, you know, we, you hear this. But I'm sorry they all were babies in a nursery. Somebody had to take care of them. You understand that, right? So, so you know what? The, the, each part, we'll get to that, but each part is critical. My, my dad had an old car, and, and a guy offered to, that something went wrong with the pistons and things, and this guy offered to rebuild it, and we was done. There was about 30 parts in a box. He goes, yeah, I don't know where those all go. I'm, I wasn't really reassured by that. I wasn't very old, but I wasn't, that wasn't real reassuring to me. I was thinking, you know, I hope none of those are real critical. We'll get to that more in a minute. But you know what? This mortality is going to end someday. Therefore, we need to stay focused. That's what this word says. Therefore, we, my beloved, stay steadfast and immovable, abounding in the work of the Lord. Life is just a moment. It's a vapor. You know, pastor, his spray bottle, right? Gone, right? The fog this morning, if anybody was out. We were out at, at what time was that? It was about seven, that that fog was just like, whoa, it was amazing. It was really, really, really uh, thick out there. But it's gone. Did you notice? It's not still out there. See, it's just a vapor. You know, carpe diem, guys, let's seize the day. Take hold of things. You know, I, I, I tell this story, but, but my cousin, my cousin Judy, my dear cousin Judy, had a little boy who was born with some kind of cancer, and he died at age five. And, and at, at the point that he died, my cousin's husband decided it was time to turn his life over to God because he got serious and thought, wow, I'm not going to live forever. And he didn't. He actually died really young. But my cousin thought, you know what? I'm not going to let anybody else die if I can keep from it. She owned a little sandwich shop, and she started, if, if you came in, how you doing today? Oh, not too good. I got a cold. Can I pray for you? Okay, do you, do you understand that, that if you'll jump at the opportunity, you know, you're going to start seeing some people get healed. Hello. But if you just think, well, that's too bad. I'm sorry you don't feel good. Hope you get better. Well, okay. Okay. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but you know what? You know, back to the, my, my friend who said he's never seen a miracle. Really? Have you ever jumped at the chance? Have you ever stepped out of the chair and gone and thought, okay, well, I'm going go, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go down to the hospital and start visiting people, and I'm going to go to the nursing home and start laying hands on people and start praying for people, and I'm going to do something to put myself in a position where I do see that happening. My, my friend Rusty, uh, years ago, went to a church. They didn't believe in healing. He grew up in a church, same church I grew up in, for for some years they didn't believe in healing they didn't believe that god was still active in the earth they believed in god they believed you could be saved they believed in the basic stuff and and he had been involved in the music business and one of his friends got filled with the holy ghost and speaking with other tongues and believed in the gifts of the holy spirit but you know my friend Rosie was just like Ugh. 
But he said, you know, can you come down? I'm doing a crusade down in the, in the Caribbean. Could you come down and run sound for me? You know, I need somebody to run sound, and you know how to do that. You're my friend. I trust you. Can you come? Rusty, yeah, sure, I can do that. So Rusty went down to, uh, to the Caribbean, and he's the sound booth's on the stage, and this guy comes up who's missing a foot, and this guy lays hands on him, and Rusty watches the foot grow out. That'll fix your doctrine. like, I think I need to rethink this. It's pretty cool, huh? But, but you know what? It didn't happen, think about this, it didn't happen in his comfortable little job, in his comfortable little church in Des Moines. He had to get somewhere. He had to get out of the chair. He had to decide to go do something. He had to reach out, take the bull by the horns, and go after it. See, see, all the promises of God are yes and amen, but we got to take hold of them. If we don't take hold of them, they're just good promises, but they don't affect our lives. You guys still with me? Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you. God has good plans, plans for good and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. You know, if, 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 uh, if, if I needed coffee... And, and, and the coffee was right there. If I didn't take hold of it, it wouldn't be mine. I won't take your coffee. Might, might get my hands slapped or possibly worse. But, but see, we got to take hold of it. We, we, God's prepared stuff. There's stuff for us to do. You guys doing all right? All right. Stay with me here. Ecclesiastes 11. Solomon. There's some good stuff in Ecclesiastes, and some of it, he sounds like he needed a, you know, an antidepressant or something, you know? Anyway, um, anyway, Ecclesiastes 11, verse 1, cast your bread on the surface of the waters, for you will find it after many days. Well, what does that mean? You know what? It's all about sowing and reaping again, guys. You just keep throwing stuff out there on the water. Pretty soon, you know, the waves just keep pushing it back at you, you know. But it, it applies to your giving. You just, you know, brother or Pastor Hagen, who was here a year ago, you know, he said, you know what, I give in every offering because I want to keep casting my bread on the waters because soon it's gonna, sooner or later it's going to come back. You know, I said this before, God's payday is not every Friday, but his payday is for real. And, and you know what, just keep, you know, casting, just keep casting the bread on the water. You know, that's why you do it. Look at verse uh, down the page, verse 4. He who watches the wind will not sow, and he who looks at the clouds will not reap. We're back to the farmer theme. Do you understand that verse? Does that make sense? I don't think it needs a lot of explanation, but I've been around that before. Oh, no, 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 it looks like it could rain. We can't, we can't plant today. Well, you wait too many days, and pretty soon, uh, you know, I've done that before, you know, myself, just with grass seed in my yard. I think, you know, I'm going to plant grass seed, but I, it looks like they said it could storm, 
and a storm could wash away my seed, so I'm not going to plant it today. So then you wait a few days, and then, oh, there's another storm coming, and then there's another storm coming, and pretty soon it's too late in the season to plant grass seed. So then you're like, okay, I'll, I'll have to plant it in the fall. And then you're like, yeah, but if it freezes, then I won't. I told you, y'all just look real holy and sanctimonious. <laughs> And, and I'll be the one up here telling you how I've been the one who made a lot of excuses for not doing this or that. All right? But, but you know what? God's prepared good works for you. You are created in Him for good works. And there's good stuff out there for you to do. I don't know what that is. That's okay. He'll show you. You just ask Him. You just follow Him. He'll show you. He'll get you there. But, 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 but. Definitely, uh, definitely get involved. You know what? We are not defeated. We are, what does Ephesians, or uh, what does Romans 8 say? We are more than conquerors. What does that mean? You know what? Thanks be to God who gives us a victory. We are more than conquerors. We're not just conquerors. We're more than conquerors. All right? We, you know, I brought my cup. I mentioned this the last time. What would you attempt to do if you knew you could not fail? What would you attempt to do? What's stopping you from doing? What's stopping you? You got to think about that. I don't know what it is. You know, is it because you don't think you'll have the money? Well, we'll, we'll, we'll mm. is it because you don't have the time? You don't want to go live there? You don't want to do that? You don't want to, I don't know. But what would you do? What would you attempt to do if you knew you could not fail? I'll put that right there. You know, God wanted God wants your life to be wonderful. He wants you to look back at your life and go, "What a great life I had." What an awesome, when you're, you know, 119, he wants you to look back at your life and go, that was an awesome ride. That was fun. You know, that's what he wants for you. And, and, and you know, Hebrews 13, you can turn there if you want, but I'm going to read it. Hebrews 13, starting with verse 20, says, now, now, meaning now, the God of peace who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep, that's Jesus, through the blood of the eternal covenant, even Jesus our Lord, will equip you in every good thing to do his will. All right? I, I, don't, I don't know what you're good at. I don't, I don't know. You know, but, but, you know, I'm picking on you tonight. So Eric's in, in med school, right? Finishing med school, going on to your, what do you call it? residency five years anyway but but see see the idea is is he's got to be equipped to do what it is that god's put him on this planet to do that and other things okay it's not just that but that's a big part of it jeff has a great brain for computers and numbers and things that i don't even understand i don't even like computers okay but but god didn't call me to be a computer guy okay but, but that verse, look at it again, right there. He will equip you in every good thing to do his will. Do you see that? Who, who's, 
job is it to equip you? See, see, you're sitting there going, oh, I can't because, well, if it's on your heart to do, then you need to get the I can't out of your vocabulary and start going, okay, I can because he's going to equip me if that's really what he wants. All right, if God wants you to do it, if that's part of your plan, okay, if you go, okay, God showed me that's part of my plan, but I don't get it or I don't know how, okay, well then, he, whose job? God's job to equip you. So, so you know, trust him, all right? I, I, you've heard this probably. God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. You, you got that? That's true. Isn't it true? It just says so right there in that verse. I like, I like that, though. I like that saying. I should get a cup that says that, okay? But, but you know, he, he, he equips the called. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.24 says, Faithful is he who calls you, and he will also bring it to pass. You know, he, he isn't a God of failure. We are more than conquerors as long as we're in him and following his plan, okay? Peter was a successful fisherman. You understand that, right? He'd been doing that all of his life. He was successful at it. He was doing a great job. That wasn't what he was called to do. So Jesus called him and equipped him, and then Peter became the head of the church. Okay, he was a fisherman. If you'd have said to him, you know, six months before he met Jesus, Peter, you're going to be the head of the church someday, he'd have gone, what's the church? But, you know, the idea if he'd have known what the church was and you'd have said that, he'd have gone, nah. Nah. If you'd have told his wife and his family, they'd have all gone, nah. No, they would have. None of them would have believed it. All right? But, but see, see, the word says, back to Ephesians 2, you are his workmanship. You can blame your mom and dad for your workmanship if you want, workmanship if you want but you're not. You're his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works, which he prepared in advance for you to do. See, he, he, he's accomplishing things through you. He wants to accomplish things through you. All you've got to do is cooperate. Turn over to Ephesians chapter 4. Faithful is he who calls you, and he will bring it to pass. See, he's doing the bringing to pass. He's doing the calling. He's doing the equipping. You're just doing the cooperating. Ephesians chapter 4, this is familiar, but let's just take a look at it, all right? Verse 11, and he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers. Those aren't the only gifts, you understand? But, but he's talking about ministry gifts and, and equipping gifts, gifts that are supposed to equip you, right? Verse 12, for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of the Christ, the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. We're supposed to grow up. The, the ministry gifts, the, the pastor, the teacher, evangelist, prophet, apostle, though those are there to help us grow up. To, to give us good teaching so that we can do the work of the ministry. Do you understand that the, the fivefold are not supposed to do all the work of the ministry? Did, did you see that in there? 
verse 12 again, for the equipping of the saints for the work of service. All right, so, so we're supposed to do something with what we're equipped with. See, I was the champion of, well, whatever's going to happen is going to happen, and God's just going to have to work it all out, and I'm just going to sit here until he tells me what to do. You know, there, there was a guy who lived, bless his heart, you know, it's so easy to see other people's flaws and problems, isn't it, sometimes? But this guy who lived across the parking lot from, from me uh, in the apartments was, was in Bible school, and, and he... He, he, uh, he refused to work. He thought his wife should work while he was in school. I mean, okay. He, he, they were starving just about. And, and he's like, yeah. He goes, I, I'm just supposed to study. Okay. I can't even begin to tell you. You know, sometimes people, me too, we, we're just sitting around waiting for something to happen. All right, that, that's not what, uh, okay, look at, look, at, uh, look at verse 15. Now look at verse 14. We're supposed to grow up here. Verse 14, as a result, we are no longer to be children, tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine. We're not supposed to be fooled by bad teaching, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming, verse 15. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up. Hello. Is that good? We are, to, mm-hmm, we are to grow up. See, we're not just supposed to stay, stay uh, immature. We're not supposed to stay immature. James 5, we, we started there. Be patient. Don't lose heart, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. Sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping. You guys remember the story of, of Jacob and Esau in the Bible? You know, back in Genesis. I, you don't need to turn there. We'll, we'll just talk about him a little bit. Um, Esau, <clears throat> okay, Esau was a man's man. He was, the Bible says he was ruddy. He, had, he was a rough outdoorsman, a hunter who apparently had like braidable arm hair because uh, <laughs> when his brother put goat skin on his arms, and his dad touched him. He thought it was Esau. I'm like, really? Anyway, so, so we, have, we, we have Esau, and then, and then the Bible says Jacob was like, okay, they were, they were twins, right? But, but, but Jacob, it says, stayed around the tents, okay? He was like a gardener. He could cook. Most of the best cooks in the world apparently are men. I, I said this during the chili cook-off just to give the women a hard time. But, 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 you know, Jacob, think of Jacob as, you know, master chef growing all of his vegetables and herbs, maybe like emerald, okay? Picture emerald. And then we have Esau, more like Duck Dynasty, okay? So, so the Bible says that Esau went on this big hunting trip, apparently didn't get anything because he came back starving. And, and he, he came to his brother. His brother was busy cooking up some lentil stew, okay? Anyway, whatever that might be. 
Anyway, so Emeril is cooking up his lentil stew, and Duck Dynasty shows up from his, from his hunting trip, and he's so hungry that he, he's begging his brother, who must not have been all that nice, really, to his brother. <clears throat> I have two brothers. I hope I wasn't that bad to him. But, so he, he's begging, apparently, for food, and apparently his brother keeps saying, no, I, whatever. Finally, he agrees to trade his birthright his inheritance for a bowl of soup. You know, Esau had no patience. Esau had no character. He did not place value on things that should have had value. You know, I, I don't want to be that guy, all right? I, I, I want to have patience, and I want to value the things that are important. I want to value the things that are important to God. What's important to God? people. An evangelist friend of mine, um, I, I used to work for a team of evangelists, two, two women and a man, and one of the women was in a big city, a big U.S. city, and the Lord said to her, what do you see? She goes, what do you mean? <laughs> well, I see big, tall buildings and lots of taxis and cars, and he's like interrupted her and said, I see people. Esau didn't place value on what should have been valued. I heard a guy, a well-known speaker, um, he said his, his young son had gotten to the point where all he wanted to do was play video games. And, and he said to him one day, he said, your mother and I had hoped that your life would accomplish more than video games. I think he was real specific, like level something of a specific video game. <clears throat> you know, and, and you know, he wasn't trying to, you know, guilt him. He was just trying to give him a little bit of perspective and help him value things that actually should be valued. You know, we Second uh, Thessalonians. You don't have to. Uh, you don't have to turn there, but Second um, <clears throat> Thessalonians chapter three verse thirteen says, "But as for you, brethren, do not grow weary of doing good." What does that mean? Well, you know, sometimes it's like, okay, God, I've I've I planted and I planted and I planted and I planted and I've done and I've done and I volunteered and I volunteered and I volunteered and I volunteered. And, and I'm, not seeing, I'm not seeing what I thought I would see. Well, you know, that's why the farmer has to be patient. The farmer has to be patient. And, and, and I said before, you know, God's payday is not every day. Bruce Olson was a great missionary, still is alive as far as I know in South America. And, and he went down there, and the missionaries didn't want anything to do with him. He went down there with like $39 in his pocket. He took, bought a one-way ticket to South America because no mission board would accept him, and he knew that's what God wanted him to do, so he went. And, and the missionaries there wouldn't even talk to him, so he, he, he didn't know what to do with himself, so he was trying to get some work and help people started helping him, and, and so he's down there one year, two years before he even gets out in the jungle, and then he's out in the jungle for two years before he can even speak the language, and then, then he realized he's not with the tribe that he felt like God wanted him to go to, so then he goes to that tribe. They tried to kill him. 
They put him in a hut and started throwing spears through the hut walls at him until he was bruised and cut all over his entire body. But he didn't go away. I think he was there seven years before anybody got saved. And, and the, 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 the day that, that one of the guys got saved was right before a big festival they had. And at the festival, they sang stories. They just made up songs and sang stories. And uh, his friend, whose name he couldn't pronounce, it was like Boba Rishora, so he called him Bobby because that was easy. So Bobby got up in the, their big tribal hut on the night of the festival. Other people had sung their song stories, and Bobby got up and started singing about the Jesus the man who became, the God who became a man so that man could understand what God was like. Who died so that they could live and be forgiven. And everybody in the tribe said, okay, well, we'll accept Jesus. That sounds good to us. So, so he sowed and he sowed and he sowed and he went years and years and years and years and then got one person saved and one person got the entire tribe saved in one day. Now think about that. You know, that, that's why it says, don't be weary in well-doing, okay? You know, I, I know teachers who are teaching little, little kids, you know, and they get tired. They get grumpy. They get jaded. But, 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 but you know what? We don't get weary in well-doing. That, that's, you know, you, you've got a pretty young son. You know, I mean, you don't quit you know what I mean? He, he's growing up. That's the idea. You know, there's, he's doing things now that he couldn't do before, and he's thinking better, and he's doing better. You know, I mean, that's what happens. The kids get older, and they start thinking more logically, and they start, you know, but you don't just quit in the middle. You know, you don't give up. You know, the farmer doesn't, doesn't get mad at the corn plant when it's two feet high because it doesn't have corn on it. It's like, what's wrong with you? No. No, that's why the farmer has to be patient. That's why the parent has to be patient. That's why the doctor has to be patient. I can't be patient with computers, so Jeff, you're on your own. But, but, <clears throat> but we don't want to lose our focus. See, see, Jesus, the Bible says, Hebrews 12, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. If he'd been paying attention to what they did to his body and what they did to, you know, pulling his hair. And, and if that had been, I mean, you know, you understand he couldn't have fully not paid attention to it. But it said, it, the word says that for the joy set before him, us, he endured the cross. See, see, his focus, he never lost his focus. That's the thing that we can't do either. You know, Paul, Paul said at one point that like one of the guys, Demas, abandoned him because he loved this world. Well, you know, Paul wrote half the New Testament. You know, the greatest evangelist, probably, you know, one of the greatest evangelists, if not the greatest evangelist who ever lived, probably was the greatest, you know, started the church all over the, the known world. You know, miracles, healings, you know, how, what happened to Demas? He lost his focus. He got looking at other things that don't matter. He pulled an Esau. 
you know, you hope he got his act together and got it straightened out. But you know what? But, but I don't have a lot of time. I got to hurry. Okay. Turn over to Luke chapter 12. You know, it, this is a funny chapter. It's, 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 it's totally entertaining to study this. So, so sometime when you're just, you know, have nothing to do or would like to study something really interesting, study Luke 12. Because in it, it, Jesus was out ministering and somebody came to him and said, you know, Jesus, verse 13, teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. So Jesus starts talking, but he, first of all, he starts talking about greed, and he winds up talking about distraction from our purpose on earth in general, all right? But, but he starts out talking about greed, you know, so he said to him, you know, to verse 15, he said to all of the crowd and his disciples and to the people, I guess to the people that, that came to him, they, and he said to him, beware and be on your guard against every form of greed. For not even when one has an abundance does life consist of his possessions. So then, verse 16, he starts and he tells him a parable about a rich man who was building bigger barns and bigger barns and bigger barns, and then he died. Right? You know the story. So, so verse 21. So is the man who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. So, so now he's talking about it, you know, not just greed, but he's talking about the bigger picture. Are we going to be rich toward God? Are we going to follow God? Are we going to do, you know, are we going to follow God's economy? Are we going to do whatever? But then verse 22, look at this. It says, he said to his disciples, for this reason I say to you, now he started talking about greed. Now it's getting bigger. Do not worry about your life as to what you will eat, nor for your body as to what you will put on, for life is more than food and the body more than clothing. He starts talking about the birds. In verse 25, he's like, who by worrying can add a single hour to his lifespan? If then you cannot do even a very little thing, why do you worry about other matters? Twenty-seven. Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, but I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his glory was clothed, clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass in the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, how much more will he clothe you, you men of little faith? Do not seek what you will eat and what you will drink, and do not keep worrying for all these things the nations of the world eagerly seek, but your Father knows that you need these things. Verse 31, we know this. But seek first the kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Verse 34, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So then he starts talking to servants. We're his children, we're his servants. This, this chapter, the, 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 my translation that I'm going to read out of uses slaves, but it, it just means God's people, right? It's a parable, you understand? It's not, he's not calling us slaves, you understand that? But verse 35, you see this? Be dressed in readiness and keep your lamps lit. 
Verse 36, be like men who are waiting for their master when he returns from the wedding feast so that they may immediately open the door to him when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master will find on the alert when he comes. Truly, I say to you that he will gird himself to serve. See, it's talking about heaven here. And have them recline at the table and will come up and wait on them. Whether he comes in the second watch or even in the third and finds them so, blessed are those slaves. So Peter, you know, Peter always was the one to, to go, what about me? What about me? Jesus walking on the water. What about me? I can do that. You got to love Peter. So Peter's like, okay, you're talking about these servants, and, and you're saying the servants need to be ready. They need to stay busy until the master comes, and when the master comes, and, and when Jesus comes, you know, the, you know, Jesus said, you know, if you want to be great, be the servant of all, right? So Jesus washes his disciples' feet. You remember that? So Jesus is like, you know, when the master comes, when God comes, you know, he, he's going to bless his people that stayed focused and kept at it. So Peter's like, look at verse uh, 41. Lord, are you addressing this parable to us or to everyone else? <laughs> so, so Jesus, so Jesus goes now. Now he was talking about the servants and the master, right? So now he starts talking about the man. Okay, so we have the master, and we have the man in charge of the servants and the servants. Okay, so Peter, Peter sticks his foot in his mouth here a little bit. Says, "You talking about us here?" So Jesus says, verse forty-two, and the Lord says, "Who then is the faithful?" And sensible steward, whom the master put in charge of his servants. Uh, now, Jesus here in, in a short time is going to die. And when he comes back from the dead, he appears to his disciples in the upper room. And then he appears to them by the lake, remember? And, and then they caught the big catch of fish. And Peter jumps out of the boat and gets to the shore as fast as he can. And, and Jesus is there with a the fire, and he's cooking some fish. And, and, and Jesus starts talking to Peter, and, and he says, Peter, feed my sheep. Isn't that right? Tend my lambs. Take care of my people. So, so see, this is the steward in charge of the servants, right? You ready? Stay with me here. Verse 42 again. And the Lord said, Who then is the faithful and sensible steward whom his master will put in charge of his servants to give them their rations, their food, at the proper time? Blessed is that slave whom the master finds so doing when he comes. Truly, I say to you, he will put him in charge of many possessions. But if that slave says it in his heart, here's where he starts talking about distraction again. My master is long in coming, and the slave begins to beat the other slaves, both men and women, and eat and drink and get drunk. Then the master of that slave will come on a day when he does not expect him, and at an hour he does not know, and will cut him in pieces, and okay, etc., etc. Punishment for the man he put in charge. You understand? So Peter kind of sticks his nose in there, but you know, it's like, okay. No, in other words, Jesus said it all applies to all of you. Don't get distracted. Keep your hand to the plow. Keep your eye on the goal. What's the goal? 
whatever it is, whatever he's put, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. I don't know what your goal is. I, I, I'm working to make sure I know what mine is. Brother Larry is looking to make sure that he knows what his is, and he's keeping his hand at the plow, and he's keeping his eye on the goal. That's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus taught us to do. That's what he wants us to do. That's how the farmer's patient. That's how the farmer keeps sowing and reaping and sowing and reaping. Don't forget to reap. Don't forget to sow. Don't watch the clouds. 